praise God. In Matthew 7, 25, and the rains fell and the winds blew <laughs> and the floods rose. But the house on the rock did, the house did not fall because it was grounded. It was built on the rock. Amen? It was built on the rock. And so this morning, I, I just want to speak to you for a few minutes on this thoughts of this, I'm still standing. How many of you with me? You say, I'm still standing. How many of you face some storms this year? Face some battles this year? Right? You face some tough times this year, right? But you're still standing. Yeah? We're still standing. And so I just, I just want to encourage you, and I want us just to bless the Lord. I want you to know the fact that you're still standing is a testimony to God, to His goodness, to His faithfulness, to His ability. Amen? And all we just needed to do was just hold on. I, I, I have said it, I, I've kind of jokingly said this, shared something that my pastor had told me years and years ago. And, uh, and I've shared it with others, I've shared it with other leaders, I've shared it with our superintendent and various people that's going around now. And my pastor would say, son, uh, just, just hold on. God will pull you through if you can stand the drag. <laughs> Amen? So just hold on. Have you found that? You just you hold on. You just hold on to God. You just, you just hold on. And sometimes it's not us necessarily hold on to God as much as it is God holding on to us and us not pushing him away. Amen? But us embracing God and letting God embrace us and seeing how that He faithfully, consistently, powerfully, amen, brings us through. As Lori said, and I'm just, I'm just kind of tagging on to what she said. We could already just have an altar call and, and uh, move on because she's pretty much already commented on whatever I was going to share, basically. And, um, but that's all right. Um, but I, I'm still standing. I'm still standing. How many of you say, I'm still standing? Look at your neighbor and tell them, I'm still standing. I'm still standing in spite of the storm. And I want you to know I'm not, I'm still standing. Me, I'm Ed Hawkins, I'm still standing in spite of the storm. But I'm not, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about the tornado. I'm not talking about the pandemic of a couple years ago that keeps trying to rear its head. I'm not talking about some physical challenge or illness or sickness or injury. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about something more important. I'm talking about my faith. I'm still standing. I still believe in God. I still trust God. Amen. He's still got me, and I still got him. And that means everything, right? You remember, I mean, we all go through, we go through the times, you know, we, we sometimes we, we uh, people might be tempted to say, oh, man, I, I tell you what, what you're going through, that's like Job. And I'm like, no, 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 I don't want to, no, no, no. Don't wish that on me. I don't, I'm not like Job. Um, and, uh, but how do you know that what Job went through, Job, Job faced some, there were some in, just incredibly unbelievable losses storms in Job's life and I mean losing not not just physical structures losing losing not just losing his business his way of means with all of his flocks and herds and all of that but his family on top of it and them being um, taken out by tragedy and by the enemy coming in and doing what the enemy can do and all of those things how many of you know that that all of those things were survivable they, they were not the main things. The physical things were not the main things. 
And you got to keep this in mind. It's, it's not about that. It's about the spiritual. All of those things were to try to get... The enemy wasn't just out to take away Job's family. He wasn't just out to take away Job's health. He wasn't just out to take away Job's way of making money, of making a living, or taking away even his house or whatever. How do you know that that wasn't what Satan was after? What was he after? He was after Job's faith. And that's why, why when God met with, uh, with when, when God called the angels all in and, 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 and Satan had to appear and answer before the Lord, how many know Satan's on the leash? He can only go so far, right? And um, he comes in and he says to, to, to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? And, and, and Satan says, yeah, yeah, I have. And, and God says, oh, how he's serving me, how he's been such a great person, righteous. There's no one like him that fears God and shuns evil. And, 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 and Satan says, well, of course he does because you're so good to him. Because you just protect him and you bless him all the time. But you remove your hand off of him. You let some bad things happen. You let him go through the storm. You let him have some loss. And you watch him curse you to your faith, face. And God released Satan to bring to allow those storms in Job's life. And that's what it was all about. And let me tell you, we're going to face things, as Lori says, it's part of life. We face it. It's, 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 it's a battle. It's a war. It's all of those things, right? We go through it and we face it. And, and, and we go on. But God is here. He is with us. And, and folks, he's what it's all about. And even, even Paul talks about the fellowship of sharing in his suffering. You'll never feel more close to God than when you're, going through a, when you're going through a time of suffering or battle and you feel God's presence there sustaining you in such a personal, intimate, strong way that you don't need or call on or rely on when everything's just smooth and cozy and fine. We don't like those times. Nobody just wants to dive in. Nobody's going into 2024 saying, God, oh God, give me a storm. God, give me a big storm. Anybody praying that? I don't see hands going up. I'm not either. <laughs> but, you know, but if it comes, right, consider pure joy when all these things happen. Why? Because it's strengthening your faith. It strengthens my faith. It, 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 it provides greater evidence of our faith, right? Because we're, we're trusting God. We're believing God when everything on the outside is saying something else. And so we're talking about... We're not talking about physical storms. And I just, want to, I just want to commend you for holding on to God and letting God hold on to you. That you can say, I'm still standing. I'm still trusting God. How many you still trusting God today? Amen. You believe in God. Amen. It's all in. All on God. Right? And so we praise God for that. And, and uh, you know, I don't, I, don't understand, I don't understand all God's ways. I don't know how, how he works it out. But I believe in God and I believe in God's goodness and I have to believe and trust in God's sovereignty, that He's smarter than me, that He knows more than me. There's things I don't understand. I guess I'm a glutton for punishment because even uh, uh, yesterday sometime I was just taking a break, taking a break with my mind and just watching some nonsense TV. And, and I turned on the Smithsonian Channel and, and they were showing some things on there. There was actually showing, going back and showing the, the incredible tornado outbreak in 1999 that uh, swept through, you know, the tornado alley in Oklahoma. And I mean, there's so many massive um, F5 tornadoes that were going through there and some of the people telling their stories and things like that. And then some of the people that made it through and how that they said they were just calling just begin to pray. Just begin to pray. God help us. God help us. And I thought, you know, there were some other people 
that did not physically survive the storm, but they were praying to it. Did God love one more than the other? Absolutely not. And maybe the other one was more prepared to go than what the ones were that were left because God is a merciful God. And that's one of the reasons he's waiting these last days for his coming. He said God is patient, not wanting anyone to perish. I saw some of the people that were praying there. They were just going through. They really know how to pray. They're just doing the Hail Mother, Mary, Mother of God, you know, and uh, just whatever they could think of, you know. How close are you to God? How much, how, how are we ready? The, the key is how is your faith are you trusting God? Come on. Are we, are we walking? With, that's the real storm. That's the real battle. How are, how are you doing spiritually? I don't understand all this works. But folks, it's not about how many years I breathe. It's about how I live. I think it was Vance Havner saying, you know what? People are living longer but still living less. People in the, in the past, it seemed like just full of faith, they put a lot more living in a lot shorter time frame of life. How much living are we, how much are we living, right? And, and living, living for God and helping that our life is counting for the Lord and lifting up the name of Jesus, glorifying him. So remember what it's all about. And even when it says, when the, when the, when the rain fell and the, and the floods rose and, and the winds blew against that house, yet it did not fall because it was grounded on the rock. I want you to understand, it, it, it would include and it applies to the storms that we faced this past year and any storms or complications that we might face in 2024. It applies there, but how do you understand Jesus is talking here about the big picture, right? That when we have breathed our last on this life, that we are still standing. That we go out saying, God, I'm yours. I believe in you. I love you. I know that you love me. Amen. I am yours and you are mine. Amen. And that we go out and that's, that's victory. That's victory. I don't want to go out any other way. You? I want to go out believing, trusting, trusting in the Lord. The storm Jesus, that Jesus mentions here in the Sermon on the Mount, I was just, just reading it through it again. I noticed, I thought, you know what, this, this, this storm came in all directions. The rain fell. The floods rose. And the winds blew. It was coming from every direction. Anybody ever been in a place like that? You felt like, man, I'm being hit every single direction. And that was happening from the top, from the bottom, from the side. It was a triple threat. Just battling all different, all different ways. And I thought that's, that's, uh, that's kind of what we go through. You know, I thought about the threat and some of the key threats, I think, that the enemy would, tries to battle us. And I, I think that, that rain pounding down, testing, <laughs> testing the roof, you know, trying the roof, you know. And how the, how the, the enemy, there's so many things will come down and try to tack up on our mind. One of the big threats that we'll face, one of the triple threats, I think, I think it would apply as a triple threat. One of those would be the battle on the mind. How many of y'all would understand agree with that, right? The battle of the mind. We, we, we fight that. We wrestle against that. We all know 2 Corinthians 5, uh, 10, 5 says, we demolish, we demolish arguments. We go and have the kids over and, and I'll have Ravi over there. We'll be doing, we'll be building blocks. And, uh, and, man, he likes doing that. He likes building things. But more than building things, he likes demolishing them. 
<laughs> so we'll stack those blocks up. He can't wait till we get it up there. And the man, he'd demolish them, right? Just take them out. That's what we do. We, that's what the scripture says is that we demolish them, right? We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to bring it into obedience to Christ. And so I guarantee you, one of the threats that you've had this year has been a threat of just thoughts trying to come in upon your mind. How many, how many of y'all would admit to that? The threats coming in, trying to battle your mind. How many of you had threats, those threats, those thoughts that you know are contrary to the nature of God? They're contrary to what God has said, that they keep coming in, right? How do you defeat you? You're standing on the rock. How do you defeat you? standing on God's word, right? And we fight that Threat, that threat of the mind where there's a spiritual warfare takes place. And so, so we have that peace. And then, and then there's the, the threat of the, of the floods rising. The floods rising up and, and applying pressure. The floods prying, applying pressure against the footing, against the foundation, trying to push away. And when I, when I think about that, I think about what's at the core of us in our faith. And that's our convictions. How many of you have convictions? I pray you do. Your convictions are your deepest beliefs. It's what you really believe. It's what you really base your life on, base your decisions on. Your convictions, that's your, your, your footing, your foundation, okay? How many of you got strong conviction? And you're like, I'm not, I know I'm not going to do that. No, <laughs> right? I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to try that, right? Because, because it goes against your convictions. And one of the things we'll face is a temptation to, to compromise those convictions and to maybe step away from those convictions. But I, I, my convictions are based upon one thing. They're based upon what God says. I just believe what God says. I choose to believe what God says over what I see. Because that I know that I see my vision is very limited. And I can only see so far, I can only see so much. And in my finite mind, there's only so much I can comprehend and take in. And I just don't see it all. How I many you know, you, you really don't have the clear picture of everything. Who, who here knows what's going to happen tomorrow? Who here knows what's going to happen in the stock market? If you did, you could make a lot of money if you knew what the stock market was going to do. Right? You don't, you don't know. How many of you know somebody who does know? How many know God sees farther, right? And I have, you have a conviction that God knows more than you, and therefore you're going to trust him. Right? And so therefore, when God is our conviction, it's his way. He says, this is the way. Walk in it. And, and we do it. He says, don't turn to the left and don't turn to the right. <clears throat> but walk on the straight way. So we believe that. How do you know that makes life a lot easier? Because, because God does the leading. He does the decision making. And I'm relying on him and you're relying on him just to, just to help God help me to be a good follower. Help me to just follow your lead, right? You're doing it. How do you know? God's, God's got the decisions made for you. We just need to listen and find out where he's going. Right? You, got some big, you guys got some big major decisions to be made in your life should Jesus tarry, right? Come on, let's be honest. How many, how many, how many of you guys plan someday if Jesus tarries, you might get married? 
None of you. You lying dogs. Huh, how are you planning to get married? Huh? Some of you, are you thinking about it? Are you thinking about it? Or how many ladies, some of you ladies, how are you thinking about it? Maybe just, you know, Jesus carries them to get married. <laughs> just smile. You're afraid to admit it like it's something wrong with it. God, God, you know, there's some people, God has called them to single life, and that's a special, unique thing. It's powerful, right? Most people don't have that call, that strength. <laughs> They're going to get married. Better to marry than to burn, the Bible says. Just saying. <laughs> right? How do you know it's a major decision? Come on, I'm going to get down here. I'm going to look at these young people. How do you know it's a major decision? That's an important decision. It's an exciting decision. Right? You didn't get it right. Right? Right. Right. <laughs> right. It's a big decision. Outside of your decision to choose Jesus Christ, there will be no bigger decision you'll make in all your life. But you know what? you got to get ready for it right now. This is not in my notes, by the way, so parents, you can take me later and you don't pay me. This is free counsel, all right? But in order for you to have, end up with the right person, you got to be the right person to begin with. you got to get yourself together first so you're prepared to meet the right person when they come along. Okay? And then you got to pray. And you got to believe God. And you got to let God lead you. Amen? Because it's going to, you know, you need to be together. How can, two, how can two walk together except they be in agreement? Right? And so you can't just go off of looks. Oh, she's fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, my instructors at college said, you got to look for a woman of God. I mean, a woman of God, not a woman of God. <laughs> Amen. But uh, what's that? Get back. I'm on track. I'm tracking. I'm tracking. <laughs> because if you get, the, if you get this right, you, you'll avoid some of the biggest storms in life. And if you get this right, it will help you in some of the biggest storms of life because God made you. Folks, listen, I get to, we're going to talk about this later on in the year. We will talk about marriage and the family. We will talk about this, all right, very deeply because the enemy's attacking that. It's amazing how many people even not only in America but in other countries, in Japan, other places, the problem people are just choosing not to marry, choosing to live alone, not because they're just going to not because they feel called to that life and they're going to devote themselves to the Lord and, and all of that, but for selfish purposes. And they don't want to make the commitment that's required. They won't be as selfless as what's needed. But anyway, where was I? You said, get back on track. I'm going to try to get back on track. All right. I believe God. Well, I'm saying this is the way walk in it. That it's God. God will speak to you. And I mean, you know, we need, I'm going to be glad that God speaks to you. God speaks to you. He draws us to himself. He leads us in the core relationships of our life. God leads us in our vocation. I pray that you'll let God lead you in that. And as you pursue open doors for your vocation, that you will let God be in the center of that. And not about the dollar sign that you're going to make. How many adults would say there's, there's things that are more important than money? 
You can get rich and lose everything that's special to you. Remember, you're doing that job in order to care for and to provide for and to bless your family. But if that job becomes about money and you're losing the core things of your family, you need to reevaluate. And so, but folks, listen, some of the storms are happening because we've gotten off course. Right? Anyway. I'm talking about God taking the lead. Him being the leader, being the decision maker in every vital part of our life. And here's one of the things is that those of us who are here alive today... Our generation is the first generation in all of our nation's history that has ever gone through a cultural shift. We have shifted from what had been for all those hundreds of, all those hundreds, for those few hundred years, it had been all Judeo-Christian values based on thus says the Lord. That's why you would go to the courts, you'd lay your hand on the Bible, right? Do you promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, so help you God? I've never had to do that in court, so thank God for that. But anyway, but I would. Why did, why did that happen? Because we as a nation, as a people, believe Judeo-Christian values. But somewhere we're the first generation that began to remove ourselves and begin to think outside of that, and we pulled an Eve at the garden... And we set aside what God said, what thus says the Lord, and we begin to look through things and try to discern things with, through ourselves. Through our, we begin to look through it through our own eyes. We begin to contemplate it and, and think all over it and, and uh, you know, uh, philosophize over it and everything and try to figure it out as if we know more than God does. And so we walked away, we did a shift from the Judeo-Christian values. And there has actually even been a shift beyond that that we're going through right now. We've moved from Judeo-Christian values to post-Judeo-Christian values to anti-Judeo-Christian values. Where now we're in a time where we're seeing where we're once was our value is now being vilified. But I'm here to tell you today, I'm still standing. I'm still standing, and I believe God to bring a revival within the church and that God would bring salvation across this nation that only comes through Jesus Christ and Him alone. Because, friends, God cares about you. He cares about me. He's laid all this out not because He just, he just wants to say, ah, let's just have some fun, make some rules and make it tough on people. No, because He loves you. He says no on certain things in certain ways because it's going to hurt you. Go this way. I'm, I'm telling you, just trust me, go this way. How many of your parents have been frustrated with your kids? Listen, son, listen to me. Listen to me, right? Daughter, listen. Listen, but so many times I won't do it. Man, I tried to warn you. How many of us have been there and done the same thing? What is it about this nature? Let me tell you, no matter how long, how far we go, we're never above it. It's not just when we're teenagers, when we're kids, or when we're young adults. That as long as we live, we will battle the temptation to think for ourselves. And then after we get along, I've been through this thing long enough. I know enough. I've seen enough. You know, I, I know how God's going to do this. I've seen him do it. And, and then we stop leaning on the Lord or praying like we should and whatever and think we just know. We'll never know the ways of God unless we continue in his presence. 
and say, God, what are you saying? Amen? There's a, and there's the threats that come, says the winds blew, the winds blew and beat against it. It's battling the sides, battling the walls of that house. And think about the walls of our walls. What are the walls? And I think about our ribs and what's inside the vital organs in our heart. The threats against our heart. The threats against that come down against our mind. The threats that battle our convictions, our foundation, that try to move us away and compromise the word of God, what thus says the Lord. And then the battles against the heart. You know, Ephesians, and Paul spoke to the church at Ephesus, he spoke about the full armor of God, and he, in that he talked about the breastplate of righteousness, doing what's right. How many of you know that the key to doing what's right, that doing what's right in God's eyes will happen out of loving God? And so I pray, God, help my heart. To always love you and to love you most. To love you first. You know, one of the signs of the last days, God says that the love of most will do what? It'll grow cold. When that love begins to grow cold, we stop being as obedient as we should. and We, we, we stop moving into things that are not righteous anymore. Right, and our heart, it affects our heart. And our heart's what pumps the life and keeps the oxygen and keeps everything healthy, right? And so you, you need a, and I need a good heart that, that pumps righteousness and it keeps us strong and healthy and vibrant. We stay in love with the Lord and not fall in love with the things of this world. I, I fear, I fear we've been so, we've been so prosperous and blessed in America in some ways it's become a curse. Because we're pretty comfortable. We've never had nicer, bigger homes and more toys and everything that we've had today. I mean, we're loaded. Do you remember when the scripture says, it's harder for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven, right, than for a camel to pass the eye of a needle? Look at your neighbor and say, you're rich. <laughs> Guess what? We better guard ourselves to whom much is given, much is required. We're rich. Now, see, we compare ourselves with, with one another, but I'm going to tell you, when you compare ourselves with the rest of the world, folks, how do you know we Americans are loaded? We're rich. So pray that attack, guard, God guard my heart. What's the first and greatest commandment? That you love the Lord your God with all your heart. And Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey me. So that's where the righteousness comes in. It'll flow naturally out of love, right? I love my wife, so I obey her. <laughs> I, love, I love God, so I obey him. Amen. Isn't God good? How many of you are still standing? still standing. The enemy's threats are the same. There's nothing God that Satan is doing today to try to deter you from God that he hasn't always done. His tactics are the same, right? And that's why we can benefit each other. And those that have lived with the Lord longer can help with each other and encourage one another, right? 
because we know how he works. We understand his ways, his tactics, it's nothing new. Well, I'm going to wrap this up. I'm still standing. And I want to point this out. I'm still standing because there's a rock to stand on. <laughs> how many of you know we'd all be in trouble if God hadn't provided the rock? He's the rock. And he sent his son. He sent Jesus. The word become flesh that lived among us. He sent Christ. And he cared so much. He went so far as, as, as to give us as, as to give us ministers, to give us apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers to share the word with us so that we could hear and respond and walk in obedience and have a life that's grounded on the rock. He cared enough to give us, to hand down to us the written word that's being written in practically every language around the world. That is, they're given that where people can read it and they'll know it personally. Right? And be able to stand on the rock. I'm standing because God's given us a rock to stand on. How many of you glad for that? Hallelujah. What would we have done? Amen. Go ahead and give God a hand. Amen. What would we have done if God not given us a rock to stand on? Where would we go? The song says, I go to the rock of my salvation. I go to the stone the builders rejected. I run to the mountain and the mountain stands by me. The earth and all around me is sinking sand. On Christ the solid rock I'll stand. Right? When I need a shelter, when I need a friend. Remember that. I go to the rock. God will never fail you. He'll never, he'll never betray you. He'll never leave you or forsake you. He'll never lie to you. He'll always tell you the truth. He always has your best interest at heart. Right? I'm so glad to know a God like that who's so personal. Right? The only reason I'm standing, the only reason you're standing, because God's provided a rock to stand on. And I'll finish with this. I'm still standing without worry or without fear. I'm still standing, and I'm standing without worry or without fear. I don't have to go in to a new year. Chewing my nails and, oh, man, man, just made it through this one. Oh, God, I hope I make it through another one. Oh, man, I wonder what's going to happen now. Oh, don't, don't have to worry about it, right? The, the Scripture says, 1 John four fifteen. if anyone acknowledges Christ, that anyone acknowledges Jesus as the Son of God, that God lives in them and they in God. I don't have to worry, Brother Stephen. I don't have to worry. I don't have to live with fear. God's not giving me a spirit of fear. He gave me a spirit of power and love and sound mind. I don't have to be afraid because I'm grounded on the rock. You know, a tornado, if it comes through, I don't know, a lot of people building storm shelters, and I don't blame them. That's a good thing to do. Amen. I think I'd come in here and put a concrete top over this baptistry. That worked pretty good. But how I many you know if you had a storm shelter, it was, you know, it was, <laughs> it was down the ground, three feet of earth over the top of it, and a steel door that was latched shut. How many of you know that storm could come, and you're in there, your family, and, and you're just not going to worry? You know you're going to be all right. Right? Oh, you might be concerned about things on the outside. You might be concerned about people out there. You might be concerned about the, your belongings and your house and things like that. You don't know what's going to happen to it. But you know as far as yourself, you know you're fine. How many of you know that same security is there when we truly trust in God? What a fellowship, what a joy divine. 
leaning on the everlasting arms, right? We're leaning on him, trusting in him. And so we go into this new year. Thank God God is faithful in 2023. We've said that one year after another. And let's never take that for granted, right? But God's been faithful, but let's just rejoice in that, that God is with us and walking into another year, right? I am in him. How many of you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God? Then you are in him and he is in you. That's what God's word says, right? So what have I to dread? What have I to to fear? Leaning on the everlasting arms, right? I've got confidence in God who's my rock. Storms will continue to come. Times will continue to change. Satan will still be Satan. Years will continue to come and go. But as Isaiah 26.3 says, You, O Lord, will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Amen? Hallelujah.